Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the self-quarantine edition of 100 Foot Jesus, uh, episode 24 coming at you right now. How is everybody doing? The world has changed since we uh, recorded last, hasn't it? Man, uh, life is just kind of different. Um, every day, new things are shutting down, and it's like, gosh, guys, I every piece of it, when you hear it, you're just like, I never thought I'd see that. I never thought I'd see that. Um, uh, yesterday, chronologically for us, um, all the tattoo parlors and hair salons shut down. Before that... Uh, we had before that we had things like uh, the restaurants shutting down and it's just insane Uh, something our church is doing is we are two times a week at least uh, while this is going on we're adopting kind of a um, more diner type restaurant and we're having we're encouraging our church to do tons of takeout those places Uh, we're doing that at least for now Um, and then next week we're just gonna have to see how things go Uh, we don't really know for the moment but that's where we're at for today so anyway um, I hope you guys are doing well I am doing a lot of homeschooling with my kids um, as I also do my ministry job among the other things I do (laughs) and uh, man you stay at home moms and dads and you and you teachers I'm not just trying to pander to you right now by saying you're phenomenal. The things you guys do are just like the fact that you create lesson plans with the idea that these are going to work and and you have a classroom full of kids you teach or your own and you do this every day and you're responsible for their education. I'm not trying to pander to you by saying you are superheroes and I thank you so much for what you do. So um, today on our episode, we're actually not going to talk about coronavirus. That was actually, uh, we have some pre-production meetings um, with some folks that work on this, which basically at this point is just me shooting a text saying, hey, is it okay if I don't talk about this? I didn't really want to talk about coronavirus today uh, for two reasons. Uh, Number one, I didn't want to talk about coronavirus because that's all everyone's talking about. Your social media feed, everything is talking about that. Bless Tom Brady for signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks for no other reason than just giving us another topic. But guys, like, I mean, that's all we're talking about. And I'm like, I don't want to add to white noise right now. In fact, when you guys see a new episode's up, I'm guessing most of you assumed I was. Um, Another reason is... No matter what I say on today's episode, if I was going over coronavirus, it would be outdated very soon because news just changes so quickly that there'd be really no point in me saying what I'm saying because by the time this gets published onto your guys' podcast websites and that kind of stuff and your apps, the stuff I said aren't true anymore. So it's so evolving and things like that. So I'm just not, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about a chapter of the Bible, actually. Um, This is Luke chapter 15. Jesus goes over three different stories, and we're going to go over what it means to be lost today. Um, 
This is something I've been wanting to kind of talk to you guys about for a while. I'm doing Bible study every morning with my four kids. Uh, we do 8.30 Bible study and then 9 o'clock starts a whole schedule of stuff that includes school time, that includes um, outdoor play and all this kind of stuff like that. But 8.30 is Bible study and yesterday this is what we studied. We had a really good conversation about it, me and my kids. Uh, my kids are theology kids. This morning literally had a discussion about election, Calvinism, and um, Reformed theology this morning with my kids. A real one. And by the way, it wasn't just, oh, daddy thinks that, so it's true. I got pushback questions and things like that, because I want them to form their own theological point of view based on the Bible, not based on dad. So if they disagree with me, fantastic. I just want them to form it through scripture. Today, we're going to go over this. Um, So this story is, it's, well, there's three stories Jesus tells to a bunch of religious leaders and sinners. Um, And they're tax collectors. And then there's also just different sinners. Um, Tax collectors were those stealing from you. Some of you guys think that the tax collectors still steal from you. Uh, Maybe, but these, these were rough people. Um, They were wondering why he hangs out with, with Jesus hangs out with bad people. He's supposed to be such a holy man. Anyway, these are three stories. Um, The first two have similar themes. The last one has a very sad ending with three characters. And we're going to go over them just like this. So if you would, flip with me in your Bibles. We're just going to do an old-fashioned Bible study to um, Luke chapter 15. I'm going to do NIV because I'm a 90s type youth pastor, apparently. Um, You guys can be whatever translation you want and be angry with me for not using the King James. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) kidding, maybe. Um, So let's go over the first story verse by verse. The lost sheep, those of you guys who are reckless love fanatics, Your heart's pounding right now. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and and, and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. That is their charge against Jesus. What the heck? We're supposed to be a religious elite, and we're supposed to hang out with you, but you you hang out with the worst of the worst. What's wrong with you? Verse 3, Then Jesus told this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. By the way, remember the words friends and neighbors. It's about to come into play. Two more stories. Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repeats than over the 99 righteous who do not repent. So first one, we have characters being played from this. Um, Jesus loves to, well, it seems as though, I don't know what he loves, but it seems as though he loves to incorporate the crowd in here as a metaphor in his story. You have the shepherd going to look for the sheep that is going to be Jesus himself or God the Father, any part of the Trinity you can throw in there, you can make a pretty good argument for. Then you have the 99 sheep. That is those who are righteous, those who have repented, those who are currently following God and his teachings. By the way, that is the religious leaders. They are trying to follow him. Um, The thing that irked them the most, from what I understand, is that he was disproving what they thought of as scripture and they really wanted to disprove him so people would start following God's teaching again. So when we say, don't be a Pharisee, you should be a little bit of a Pharisee, right? 
don't be like all my opinion or the highway. However, being a little bit of a Pharisee, not a bad gig to do. Um, then you have the one lost sheep. The one lost sheep represented, of course, the sinners, those standing there, the tax collectors and those kind of people like that. So here's what happens. Again, this is story one. So here's what happens. The shepherd is out there with his 99 sheep. And by the way, how much would he have to love his sheep to know that he has a hundred? Like, would he know them by name? Would he be like, Jethro, Sheepy, Curly, Tommy, Bilbo. And he's like, where's Herman? And it says the shepherd goes and and he looks for him. And he says, well, which of you wouldn't do that? And he says, and he says, it says this in verse four. He goes in the open country and goes after the, the lost sheep until he finds it. It's a goal-oriented situation saying, I'm going to look for him until I find him. And when he finds him, he'll put him on his shoulders. He'll carry him back and he goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. He brings him back to a community of support. When someone within our churches, someone within your family who loves God. Now, this sheep was originally one of his sheep. So I don't believe this is a non-convert. I believe this is somebody who's straying away. I believe you may not. And that's awesome if you don't. But um, and he goes and finds him and he looks everywhere. Like I always pictured like sheep, you know, sheep um, flyers posted on doorposts, you know, sheep flyers posted on brick walls, sheep flyers posted on telephone poles that say, hey, have you found my sheep? Have you found my sheep? And when he does, he rejoices and he gets so excited and brings him back. Um, again, you may not understand the idea of how important it was to find that one sheep unless you are that one sheep, and then it's amazing. That's the first story Jesus tells. Remember the words friends and neighbors, and um, and he looks for until he finds. Okay, second one. This is about the parable of the lost coin. In this one, God is played by a woman. Some of you guys are like, ah, sorry, that's just Jesus told the story. I'm just reading it. Um, And then the coin gets to be the center. Um, He says this, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So she has these precious 10 coins. How do you know these these coins are precious? Because she freaks out by losing one. Like these 10 coins must have been everything to her. And losing one is like, drop everything. We got to get that one back. It's a, and he asks questions to us. He says, well, does she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? Meaning like, does, is this a big deal to her? Of course it's a big deal to her. So, so when she finds it, again, she gets the friends and neighbors together and rejoice with me. It's community again because I found my lost coin. We are going over this in Bible study and one of my kids, Willow, said, why the heck is one coin so... Like, why would you call your friends and neighbors up and say, I found my coin? Like, and realistically, if you're looking for some change to go, you know, put air in your tire or wash your car or whatever, you're probably not going to find your quarter and then call up your friends and neighbors, have them come over and say, guys, found my coin. 
but you will if it's that valuable. So again, brings it back to friends and neighbors and community when they're found. The thing that this coin wanted was its owner and the friends and community. Okay, so the first two, who pursues the sheep? Who pursues the coin? The owner of them pursues those things. Let's go to the last one, parable of the lost son. Um, now, the, some people call it the prodigal son. Um, there are three main characters in this one. You have God, you have God the Father, played by the Father. <laughs> you have, or I guess the opposite, right? It would be God the Father playing the part of the Father, whatever you want to say. You have the Son, which is the sinners in the crowd. And then you have the older son, which is the religious leaders in the crowd. Now, important things about these stories, you're not a character in this story. You're the bystander listening. So don't insert yourself as like the lost son. Don't insert yourself as the religious leader and do not insert yourself as the God character here. Don't do those things. However, however, um, you get to listen to it. But again, you're not necessarily a character in this. Um, the people standing there are, and we can get another day about how you're not the star of the Bible. You're a reader of the Bible, and the, Bi the story of the Bible is a is not your life book necessarily. It's God's, and you get to learn about him, but neither here nor there. Um, verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me the share of my estate. So he divided it properly among them. Now, you guys know that's his inheritance. And a father would have saved his whole life for this. And the son, completely so ungrateful and hateful, says, God, give, me, give me what I get when you die. As you may have heard before when this is taught by your preacher or someone else, that's the equivalent in this culture of saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me what I, you owe me and get me out of here. And his father does it. Verse 13, huge plot twist really quickly. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country, and then squandered wealth in wild living. We don't know what those things are. We got a pretty good idea, though, don't we? Um, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began and he began to be in need. He used to be wealthy from just living off what his father gave him, and then now he's in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs, He's a Jew. Now he's with pigs. That's a no-no. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So again, imagine this, right? He, it's, he, in order to survive, he has to go against everything he thought he originally believed in when he was with his father. That probably sounds familiar to us because we can infer based on what our life is like. You know what I mean? Again, this may you may not be a character in this, but you can identify, can't you? Um, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? Like they have leftovers. And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. If you're tracking with me, that was verse 18. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. Now, this is him rehearsing what he's saying to his dad. You ever rehearse a conversation before you do it? He's rehearsing it. Verse 20. 
But when he got up and went to his father, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. His father saw him. His father saw him and ran to him off to a distance. The way I read that is, his father was looking out in the field, hoping his son would come home every day. And finally he did. His father had this compassion, sprinted towards his boy. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put on a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast to celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So he began to celebrate. Fattened calf would be would be about a three-day celebration. And they are just freaking out and everybody's dancing and having a good time. If it was today, we'd have like a DJ going, you know. It's, I always picture it like one of those Fast and Furious pro, uh, movie parties without the girls that, you know, showing their butts <laughs> you know what i mean everybody's just dancing having a good time celebrating because the boy is home and the father is just the key one celebrating and the and the son that came home he's in this robe and everybody's like yeah you're back and everybody's freaking out because it's a whole again friends and neighbors community are there and they're all celebrating with the one who came home exactly like the first stories right but then here's the villain character who is very much like a lot of us, including your narrator here on the podcast. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He's out there working. He's working hard for his dad. He's obeying his dad. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. He's just, he's out there working. And then he comes to, you know, kind of wash up and he hears like, boom, 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 and he's like coming in. When he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on, Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because because he has him back safe and sound. Just like a father, right? He's back safe and sound. That's what they want. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, and I never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat, poor guy, (laughs) so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, not calling him his brother anymore, right? This son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, has come home. You kill the fattened calf for him? You You throw a party? What the heck? Now, pausing right there. That was verse 30. You guys kind of, I mean, again, you can relate to this guy. Some of you have been Christians your whole life and you've been trying your best and you never get the accolades. You never get the appreciation. This kid obeys his father. This kid's still his son, right? The angry older brother, but he's judgy. This kid 
represents the religious leaders that have been following God and following God. And maybe eventually they figured out something wrong. They thought that, hey, I figured this out. This whole thing's about me and how well I obey you. Right, God? And Jesus is like, dude, you can't obey enough, man. That's how. That's what the gospel is. But then the father replies, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. He's saying, man, you're still mine. You're still my boy. But we had to celebrate and be glad because the brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. So that's those three characters there. We have characters in the first two stories. What's different about these three stories? The first one, the owner of the sheep relentlessly goes and searches for him and finds him and then brings him back to the community of people. The second, The woman who owned the coin searches for the coin, finds the coin herself, brings it back to the community of people. The third one, the father does not search for the son, but the son comes back on his own. When early Christians taught this story, they taught it a little different than myself and other preachers like me. Maybe. The reason the older brother is the villain of this story isn't because he thinks life's all about him. Maybe the older brother was the one who should have went and done the searching for his younger brother, the lost son. Maybe when Luke writes this and he says a man had two sons and he's automatically saying these two sons are equally important in this story. Maybe the brother should have had compassion and went and looked for his younger brother and told him, come back home, come back home, you're still my brother, but he didn't. Maybe some of us who have someone lost in our life, maybe that person, God isn't gonna go and grab them for us, even though he'll pursue, because God pursues. Maybe God wants us to be the older brother that decides to pursue also, relentlessly, lovingly, showing everything he gave up because the brother had to figure it out for himself and maybe we always do right maybe we always have to figure it out for ourselves that that god gives us so much why are we going for cheap imitations like god gives us full satisfaction and joy but you keep turning to drinking and and filthy movies and some of you keep turning to to dirty things like you keep turning to things that make you feel disgusting because you did them websites you shouldn't look at and you delete your browsing history but you know it really you know that event actually happened and god's god knows it and and you think and, and 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 you turn to other stuff and maybe just maybe it takes a brother or a sister in your life to be that older brother that says hey come back come back Maybe the point is that the coin didn't choose to be lost, but it was. Maybe the point is the sheep was just dumb and didn't know the direction to go. Maybe the point is this brother chose it, chose to leave, chose these things. Because we do get free will. We get a free choice in all we do. You can choose Jesus or not. Now, I know a lot of you guys that are really close to me would say, no, you can't. You, I mean, you can. Like, you can choose it. But... 
Maybe the point is we need to be the older brother that goes and and finds our baby brother because we have the same father. Maybe this story, these three stories tell us that we're all on a much more level playing field than we thought we were. Our world is going crazy right now, guys. It's going insane right now. People don't know where to turn next. You have restaurants closing. You have you have haircutting places, tattoo parlors, schools aren't in session. Um, your community buildings are probably closed right now, and and the world is just going nuts. And there's all these talks of what, how the government's going to help us, and I believe that they have our best interest in mind. But do they know what to do? No, we're all making it up as we go. But maybe we're on a more level playing field. Maybe those of us who are crazy judgmental need to hear a story like this to understand that we're not perfect, and we're ne- we're in need of Jesus. Maybe we need to not judge those who are doing harsh things in such a way to understand that, and maybe we need to understand that we aren't, we aren't beyond the situation they're in. We just sin differently. So my favorite advice I ever got was when someone told me that the most immature Christians believe that the sin God hates the most is the one they don't struggle with. If you hate people's sexual sin and you don't struggle with it, you probably are under the impression that God hates that sin more than one you keep committing. Maybe. Um, I'm going to do something um, on the podcast that I should do all the time that I just haven't yet. <laughs> um, I'm going to pray for you guys on the podcast because we're, we're going through a weird time right now. And um, I think if you read scripture this heavy, there should be prayer involved. So um, where you're at right now, I'm just going to pray for you guys. And then we'll just end this week's episode. Uh, Father, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for this person, these people listening to this episode today. I thank you that that they have some sort of longing for you. Maybe they just listened to this because they thought, hey, I got nothing else to do today. But Father, I believe that you, you, you have us pursue the things you want us to sometimes in our heart. I pray for the parents who are trying to figure this out right now of how to figure out what to do next. I I pray for the pastors and the church leaders to figure out how do you meet with the church you can't meet with. I pray for the school districts trying to figure out how to educate kids. I pray for the doctors. I pray for those who are affected by this illness in reality, that they're dealing with it, Lord, that you cause healing. I pray that this illness leaves us quicker than it came. And I pray that we as the church can be such a light in the community to just show people how much of a big deal you are to us and we are motivated by your love. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of 100 Foot Jesus. If you would, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook or wherever you're at. Just let people know you're listening to the show and we greatly appreciate you. Bye now.